This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Now, Fight Back with Libby Snymer on Zoomer Radio. Good afternoon and welcome. Now first, I want to start with a program note. In half an hour, we will welcome dermatologist Dr. Sandy Scott-Nicky. She is always a very popular guest on the show. So get ready to call in your skincare questions because we're heading into summer. Things are changing. There are things that you should and should not do. So uh, just keep that handy for the back half hour of the show. Uh, and in the meantime, turning to today, this week marks the one-year anniversary of the Ontario election that swept the Doug Ford Liberals to power and apps the Doug Ford Conservatives, excuse me, to power and absolutely gutted the then ruling liberals. They now have seven seats in the legislature. That's not enough for official party status. And with two MPPs about to resign, that number could go down to five, depending on the results of those by-elections. But insiders believe this is the time to renew the party, and it will be a huge task. So, We want to hear from you. Are you ready to take another look at the Liberals? The Ford Conservatives have been taking a bit of a beating in the polls. I have heard very anecdotally from people who say they regret voting for them. So would you give them another look? And what do you think they should do to renew their party? I'm sure they'd be anxious to hear your thoughts. The numbers to call, 416-360-0740, toll-free 1-866-740-4740. And right now, we are going to MPP Michael Cotto. He is a former cabinet minister in the Kathleen Wynne government and one of two declared candidates for the liberal leadership and Patrick Gossage, who is the chairman of Media Profile and the former press secretary to the first Prime Minister Trudeau, Pierre Elliott. Welcome to you both. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me on. Patrick, hello. Hi, I'm here. Okay, good. (laughs) Uh, Let's start with Michael Cotto. You have begun the work. You're one of two declared candidates. You're having a town hall tonight. I gather you've been going around the province. Uh, Just uh, tell us what exactly you're doing. So just to be clear, I haven't uh, formally declared uh, my candidacy for the party, but I was asked... uh, uh, by TV Ontario if, I, uh, if I'd if i be running, and I've been very clear that it's my intention to formally declare. Uh, but in the meantime, over the last three months, I've been going across the, the province talking to Liberals about um, the rebuilding of this pro- of this party, and uh, their, uh, their words are very clear. We need to build a modern party that's ready to take on the challenges that people are going through today. Uh-huh. And what exactly does that mean? Well, there's a, a bunch of things that I've heard. Uh, for example, 
liberals have said that we need to build a, a new coalition. Um, there's a big problem in Ontario today. I believe that uh, there's a lot of people who are in the middle, the majority of people that don't feel that they're represented by the NDP or by uh, the Conservatives. Uh, we seem to be uh, at the mercy of uh, radicalization on either side, where we see uh, people pushing us to the extreme left or to the extreme right, and people in the middle just want a government that can come in, that can focus on uh, the big issues like health care, education, the economy. Uh, they want to normalize uh, the way we do things, and they need stability in this province in order to continue to uh, uh, to prosper. Your party got a thrashing. I, I couldn't even use the word decimate because it's not <laughs> strong enough. What lessons have you learned from that? Some of the big lessons that I've heard from liberals across the province is that we forgot how to communicate with people. Uh, we didn't speak the same language as Ontarians in in a political sense. Uh, we always uh, people felt that uh, the party was arrogant. Uh, that the people felt that they were being spoken uh, to rather than uh, a back-and-forth communication. I've heard from people that in regards to policy development, that they didn't agree with some of the policy that came out of this uh, this government, the previous government. For example, the sale of hydro. And uh, people want to, if, they, if they're part of a party or if they believe and subscribe to uh, liberal values, they want to say in big policy decisions like that, so those are a couple of the pieces that I've heard in regards to, you know, how we uh, connected back to uh, back to people in Ontario. And it's something that we as liberals need to change. And um, uh, the most important thing is figuring out how to regain the trust of Ontarians. And uh, we can see some of that early work being done today. I, our, our, our current leader, our interim leader, John Fraser, has been uh, incredible getting out there talking to people. Uh, he brings a sense of uh, of humbleness into the position, and it's something that I think liberals, uh, after 15 years, need to uh, to to subscribe to and uh, really get back to the base and uh, build that coalition of the people in the middle. What about the way your party spent money? Because when I hear from people on this show, that's what they're talking about: liberals waste money. Uh, of course, you've had your scandals. The gas plants, uh, the the computer wiping. Uh, what about all that? Well, it's uh, it's pretty interesting because in the legislature today, we asked the question to the government around uh, around spending. Simple fact is that Doug Ford now is spending five billion dollars more than the Liberals spent last year in the previous budget, and we're getting a lot less value. Um, Ontario uh, is the lowest spending uh, province uh, per person when you break it down to our population uh, across the entire country. Uh, yes, uh, there are some uh, some big uh, misspends. Uh, we uh, we got hammered or decimated decimated in that election because of things like uh, the gas plants and um, and e health and. Uh, and uh, and some pieces that I believe people just didn't see that there was value in uh, in that in that spending. But uh, make make no mistake that this government, uh, the previous government, the Liberal government over 15 years, uh, started off in uh, 2003 with uh, 80 billion dollars in revenue. Didn't really raise uh, personal income taxes. There was the the health premiums that went up, but corporate taxes were lowered drastically. Um, we were among the lowest provinces where. Uh, for uh, small business taxes, 
And yet we were able to grow the economy when it comes to, to revenue coming back into government to $160 billion. And that was because the Liberals were very successful in stimulating and, and making good policy decisions that actually allowed our economy to grow. We didn't have a film and television sector in Ontario uh, at the same level as today. We didn't, our financial sector grew. There's almost over 250,000 people working in that sector. Interactive digital media, we have companies like Ubisoft employing over a thousand, almost a thousand people because of liberal decisions. So our economy grew and we were good stewards of the economy. And at the same time, keeping taxes low, there were no personal income taxes and corporate taxes were lowered. So um, Doug Ford has a big challenge. You know, um, he hasn't really told us how he's going to accomplish what he set out to do. And that's to, you know, to create a uh, an environment that's good for business. You we know, know that. S- sorry yeah. to interrupt. Yeah, today's, no today's question period was about the beer store and their plans to cancel that contract, which. Correct. Any, it, I mean, to anyone, it looks like a crazy contract giving a private sector consortium a monopoly for uh, a very long time with all these provisions uh, talking about huge penalties if the contract is broken. I mean, how could you give that contract your government? Well, well there is there is no monopoly because you know that the Liberals opened up over 400 stores, uh, supermarkets selling wine and uh, and uh, and beer. Uh, over the last uh, few years, we put that in place. We have independent. So you're stores. saying this contract was a good contract that you? Well, you've got to look at you've got to look at at a couple of things. Uh, number one, the beer store doesn't just uh, uh, sell beer; it collects bottles and uh, it sells beer through its distribution channel that pulls in our taxes. If a beer sold in a beer store, if a beer sold in a convenience store, we still get the same amount of taxes. So you have to look at the distribution model that's being used and what is the best leverage. Now, I'm not saying that uh, it's uh, it's not a good idea to di- diversify uh, the way we sell alcohol in Ontario. But when you think of the beer store, um, we've got a distribution chain that's in place. We've got a, a return bottle policy that's in place. We still collect, as Ontario taxpayers, we collect the lion's share of the, of the revenue through taxes. So it is a deal um, that is uh, is uh, is valuable to Ontarians, the same way the LCBO is. So I think we need to look at it from a different perspective. Um, you know, I have a challenge to Doug Ford. If he really wants to open up convenience stores and sales of, of beer and convenience stores, well, why not stock half of the product with Ontario craft brewers? And, you know, why not allow municipalities to opt out of it? Because in some communities, they may not want that. What's What's there may work currently. We know that in places in America, like Detroit, when you start to put liquor in convenience stores, two things happen. Number one, uh, we see more robberies take place in those communities. And number two, we start to see uh, bars and uh, glass screens put up in these convenience stores. And the convenience stores essentially end up being, you know, liquor depots. So is that the type of Ontario we want? Like, it's enough that kids, you know, kids... uh, you know, kids go into a convenience store to buy a, a candy bar or some candy, some uh, some penny candy. Maybe it's a nickel now. But um, when they're in there, they're going to be bombarded by uh, by booze, and it's going to be cheap American malt liquor booze, like it like it takes place in the United uh, States. I don't know that we're good. we're turning into Detroit by putting beer in convenience stores. That hasn't happened in Quebec. But well, turning- we know we know that we know that there's an increase in crime that takes place when you actually start to to place them uh, into convenience stores. Okay, like, be- that's a fact. Before I bring in some of our callers and Patrick, uh, just a question in terms of the process of renewal, 
Michael, right. do you think that is it all about the leader? And there are people who say it cannot be anyone who is involved with the Wynn government. Uh, so how much of it depends on the leader? And as somebody who was in with the government, is is that a good place to be for that race? Well, you know, we saw the last polls that came out by Main Street, and it has the Liberals at about uh, 30, I think it was 39%. The Conservatives and NDP both at around 20% in the polling. And that's with John Fraser, who uh, was a member uh, previously. Um, I think, obviously, there's uh, there's no question in my mind that uh, that uh, we need a, a fresh start. Um, but there are a lot of things that we can be proud of when it comes to the previous uh, government, the McGinty Wynn government, our, our child care our uh, our education system. Uh, there was a lot of good things that, you know, that I was involved in. You know, as the Minister of Children and Youth Services, I fixed the autism file. I brought in the, uh, the Pan Am Games to Ontario, uh, strengthened the um, film and television sector and interactive digital media. There's a lot of good things that took place. So it's really going to be up to the base, uh, up to Liberals to decide what kind of uh, what kind of leader they want. That's why I went on my uh, speaking tour and uh, listening tour to figure out what exactly people are looking for to see if there's a real alignment between what I can offer as a as a possible candidate uh, or if people are just looking for something different. And, um, you know, it, it's led me to uh, believe that I can uh, I can represent many of the things that uh, liberals want and uh, when it comes to the renewal process. So essentially, at the end of the day, it will be up to, uh, to liberals to decide, to, for members to decide what type of leader they want. Patrick Gossage, do you have some advice for Michael Cotto? You know, I, I think the mushy middle is attractive, but uh, it's not. I don't think the mushy middle of Michael is a is a is a place to start with who you are. Um, I think, you know, I think I think you gave a very good defense of uh, of the last government, and you know that the, the high tech stuff has been was terrific. Junior kindergarten, I think. People need to be reminded that this was not the evil win government. It was a government, as you say, that was out of touch. And I thought you described that extremely well. And that's exactly what happened. But the best thing you have going for you is Doug Ford. And uh, I don't think Doug's going to change radically. And I think also we're probably going to have a, uh, some sort of recession. The, the economy can't keep pumping away that it has. And then, you know, Ford is going to be even in more trouble. So, I mean, in a way, you've got a runway that's paved by Ford. And, you know, um, he just, and his, his, I love the, what the, what somebody said, the U-turns he's been making means that trust is even more important than, than it was before. And I mean, I think the trust has kind of evaporated in Ford. And, um, you know, so I think the leadership race is going to take on a whole different a whole different uh, importance in Ontario when people see that the next leader of the Liberal Party has a really good chance of becoming premier. Uh, it's going to be fun and, uh, you know, good luck. I, I actually was invited to a, an event that you were brought into and I, I couldn't afford it. So there you are. <laughs> uh, Patrick, Patrick, do <laughs> you, know, you, do you don't think... Make your, don't make your events too expensive, Michael. <laughs> Patrick, yeah? do you think that uh, having served in Kathleen Wynne's cabinet is a big impediment? Do you think it has to be somebody, uh, you know, with a clean slate on that front? Or do you think that uh, right now we're talking about two cabinet ministers, Michael Cotto and uh, Stephen Del Duca? What do you think on I, that? Now? You know, I, I don't think it makes a huge difference. I mean, you know, Michael, I hate to say it, but, you know, I, I, you know, I don't think you were a terribly high profile 
cabinet minister. Stephen was a bit more high profile. Wouldn't you agree? Um, I, I would say that he had uh, he had bigger files, but I would say the difficult files. Uh, you know, I I took took over the autism file, the pen. Yeah, I know that's uh, you know. So there were some pretty difficult files. But anyway, I mean, I guess what I'm saying is 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 you know. Um, the, the cabinet ministers in any provincial government are not household names. And I mean, to think that the vast majority of Ontario voters are going to say, aha, Michael Coteau, he's tarred with the last government, I think is a stretch myself. Right. Um, Do you agree? You know, I, I again, it, it, it comes down to what members want. I don't think that, I think four years from now, or three years from now, when the next provincial election takes place, um, the contrast between Doug Ford and whoever's the Liberal leader has to be so extreme, and the values exactly. are going to. And I think I think that's what Ontarians. On, in the next election, three years from now, Ontarians are going to look inside of themselves to decide which direction they want to go. And whoever's the Liberal leader uh, has to deliver a message that is aligned with where people want to go, and that's going back to the single belief that we, as a collective in Ontario, are way better than what Doug Ford's offering is, you know, every person for themselves. We are better as a collective in Ontario when we work together and when we build strong education, edu- uh, healthcare systems, things that allow us to prosper as a community. And that's that's the stark contrast between Doug Ford and uh, who the next uh, Liberal well, leader also, uh, should also be. A government, also a government that's willing to invest in new industries and research right. and so on, which is something that I don't think Doug even understands. And it's been you know, I think the Liberals were very successful in creating creating Toronto as much more of a, a new a new a new economy hub. You know, and I think we should be proud of it. And I think we should the government should be involved in that. And it's the activist government versus the government that that gets out of the way of people. Which, right. Which, uh, you know. Okay, I want to get to a few of our calls. Uh, just okay. One thing that I heard from an insider, uh, Michael Cotto, is that. You are more the new Liberal Party, and Del Duca is more the old Liberal Party. I don't know what's that that's worth it, but that was one commentary. Yeah, that I heard. you know, Stephen Del Duca is a friend of mine, and uh, we work together. And uh, you know, I think we we both bring a, a very strong value into the the mix when it comes to you know what we, what what defines us as politicians and what we will what we're willing to fight for. Uh, getting into this uh, debate of who represents new and old is. Uh, you know, it's not it's not a healthy path to go down. I just know that uh, uh, Stephen and I uh, were there uh, fighting uh, conservatives for years, and uh, we're no matter what happens, we'll continue to uh, to fight and uh, and represent the best interests of Ontarians. Okay, I I want to bring in a caller who says he's been at town halls with you, uh, and he wants to talk about something you mentioned, which is liberal arrogance. But <laughs> I also want yeah. to say this guy is definitely a conservative. So, okay. so I don't know what he was doing at your town hall, Bill in Toronto. Hi, is this paid for by the Liberal Party of Canada? <laughs> well, well, no, you're Bill. We know you're a conservative. You call yeah, in no, a lot. Yeah. And, you, you, and you know what? Uh, it, it's not a bad thing. Honestly, it's not a bad thing. But Michael, I was down at uh, Erskine Smith M103 uh, um, Town Hall. Right. Nobody, that was the one on racism, you know, correct? 
the racism town hall by no no Dr. it wasn't Fox. racism it was well, m103 that's, that's what it was it was um it was a See, it was a town hall talk about on... your liberal arrogance buddy i i well, know just, just a minute the town, bill, the town bill hall, have your the say town hall was when i was the minister of anti-racism i was invited uh, by Arthur Potts, who is one of my colleagues, to come and talk about racism in Ontario, which I see as an economic, just as much as a moral imperative, that we need to fight racism in order to reach our full potential as a province. Okay, Bill, your point, please. Uh, the point is, you know what, Michael, those arrogant talking points that you ram down everybody's throat, I've Ooh. had enough of it. But anyways, being said, <laughs> that being said, you had Arthur Potts there, you had MPs, you were there, and yeah. you had uh, Warren Kinsella, and you know what? You wouldn't let anybody in the room speak, would you? That's uh, all that's you were there that's for. That's not true, Bill. You know, I there was a person who's actually okay. making... Let, let's, uh, I, I'm looking for comments, not right a huge now. argument. Yeah. Um, Bill, so you found them argu- um, arrogant? We heard you. Uh, They're arrogant. Just listen to the guy. Right there. That's okay. just... Bill, well, can, I, can I say something? Right I remember there. that meeting perfectly because it was, I did over 15 anti-racism town halls across the province. And that one, which was organized by, it, first of all, it was the, he was the only MPP that actually organized one. So I thought it was good. They invited me in. And um, I remember at a point, there were, there were a lot of racist remarks that were coming out of that meeting. And my point was, and I said this very clear, and it's probably recorded, I said, you know what, we need to create an environment where people feel that they can express themselves. And even though it was a racist point that was being made, I stopped the crowd and I said, allow the person to speak. Because I think one of the biggest challenges we have in Ontario is that when we don't allow people who have alternative ideas, ideas that the majority of Ontarians won't agree with, like racist ideas, if we don't listen to what people think and what they're feeling, that's when we get into even a worse spot. So um, I've always been a person that just, you know, believes that, People should, you know, be able to speak their mind, and we should be able to respond to that. And I don't believe that Ontario is a, a place that should tolerate any form of hate. Okay, I'm going to take one more call. We're running out of time. <laughs> now, Brian in Windsor, you want to talk about the beer store, but my question to you is, do you think it's time to have another look at the Liberals? The arrogance of the Liberals. Well, so, I don't care. Sorry? There's a, there's, the arrogance of the Liberals is what... Uh, but I'll talk about the, uh, how many Trudeaus does it take to change a light bulb? <laughs> We're talking one about provincial liberals. One to uh, be arrogant to uh, the, the, rest of, the rest of Canada saying, why can't you do it for me? You know? Okay, Brian, I think you're saying it's not time to look at the liberals. Well, I think people are confusing the federal liberals and the provincial liberals. We're, I don't represent Justin Trudeau. I represent uh, the Ontario Liberal Party. Um, and, um, you know, the last two callers have brought in issues that, you know, relate back to Justin Trudeau. Um, I'm an Ontario liberal, and uh, I think that there's uh, there's a lot of work to be done. Um, uh, the gentleman who just called in is from Windsor, and um, I started off, uh, the first place I went after the election was out to Windsor, because I'm, I believe, without a question, that if the Ontario liberals cannot resonate in a place like Windsor, they will never be able to uh, fully represent the interest and, and win the next election. Um, the Windsor, Win- Windsor uh, folks are resilient. They speak their mind. They're a tough crowd to convince. And that's why I started uh, my first conversation out there, because um, I, think, uh, I think we should be able to, uh, uh, to represent the interests of Windsor, working class, uh, 
strong university academic uh, group. Um, there's a lot of diversity out there, and they really represent, I think, what Ontario is all about. Okay, uh, we are running out of time. Now, people, if we couldn't get to your calls, Free For All Friday is coming up. I would like to get a quick uh, last word from Patrick Gossage. Patrick? Well, you know, it's it's amazing that, uh, that uh, you know, the Doug Ford uh, the Doug Ford, uh, what, what, what you would call the environment that he's created has still got some pretty strong supporters. And, you know, I don't know. I think Toronto, I think Ontario is a, a middle of the road province. I, I think it does not like the, uh, right wing, right wing fanaticism or, or the, or the, you know, the, the, what could you call it? The sort of for the people, the sloganeering that, that doesn't go anywhere. And I think what's going to be important for the Liberals is not to make a lot of huge promises, since, <laughs> as, as, as Michael knows, promises are out of favor because they are being, they've been so rarely kept and they've, you know, their hopes have been raised by people like Doug Ford and, uh, and even my friend, uh, Justin Trudeau, uh, and not kept. And that is death in the, in the uh, politics of today. So be careful, Michael. No big promises. Okay. Thank you for the advice. Okay, Michael, <laughs> is there is there anything else you'd like to leave us with? Just I just one think... last point. Yes, yeah, one last point. I think at the end of the day, the next election is going to be about restoring decency in this province. Yeah, there is a loss of decency when it comes to what Doug Ford is doing. When you turn your back on children, when you take away after school programs, when you take away breakfast programs and lunch programs, when you take away autism services for children and complex special needs and make cuts to education. And then you make cuts into research and development for the future. What you're actually essentially doing at the end of the day is removing our ability to do well in the future. And we need to restore that decency back in Ontario because Ontarians are decent, hardworking people. Okay. That's well, good. Michael, some of those cuts were, were backtracked. Uh, you definitely have your work cut out for you. Uh, thank you so much for joining us. Thank and you. I hope that we'll talk again soon. I would love to come on the show anytime. It seems like we have a lively, uh, you have a lively group of listeners. Uh, this, they certainly <laughs> to are. To say the least. <laughs> to say the <laughs> least. You. And Patrick Gossage, thank you also for being with us. I appreciate it. Anytime. Okay. Talk to you soon. Okay. Take care. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads. Idea City on the air and The Garden Show.